Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with Jamie Malcolm from The Kerry Ann Show on Channel 9. Now, uh, I first uh, met Jamie from afar. I was doing Bible college down at Sydney, and uh, Jamie was uh, so honoured and loved at uh, this church I was a part of. It at, at, uh, used to be called Christian City Church. It's now called C3 Church. He was so honoured and loved that everyone called him Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, he was Jesus in a play that they performed at the church. But he was—he's got a great acting talent. He's—he's he's been on TV for years. Welcome to History Makers, Jamie. How are you, mate? Hey, Matt. I'm fantastic, mate. Yeah, that is a very big compliment. To Jesus <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know that's how I, that's how I met my wife actually through that play. Believe it or not. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because I knew I was going to have to be up on the cross just wearing something small, and I. You know, I made sure I was going to the gym a fair bit. You know, I mean, if you're going to be in front of a couple of thousand people wearing next to nothing, you've got to look relatively fit. So, uh, and, uh, yeah, that got me a wife. Who would have thought, you see? Well, when, when you put your hand up to play Jesus, who knows of the blessings that will come? <laughs> well, that's right, and it was a pretty darn good one. Fourteen years later, there you go. Wow. Well, and what, what, was the, what was the play called? I don't know if we even really had an, advent, an inventive name for it. I think we just called it the... The Easter production. Yes, production. There you go. <laughs> wow. It's not really heavy, is it? Yeah, it was just Easter production. Then years after, they started to get a bit more funky and calling it Jesus the Rock and that kind of thing. But yeah. yeah. In those days, it was just Easter production. But we always held it over three days, and it was it was always fun. I always, on the last day, um, me playing the Jesus character always had this battle in hell with Satan, and it, and it included us um, trying to hit each other with these big poles, these giant sticks and I remember the guy who always used to play Satan this guy John and uh, on the final night I cracked him on the hand with this pole and then he actually did turn into Satan it was amazing <laughs> you should have seen his face he was like I'm going to kill you <laughs> just, just relax buddy but, uh, yeah, well, I remember him he did a hell of a good job didn't he <laughs> Well, that was a long time ago, of course, and um, yeah. you, you obviously did a, a good job hanging around on the cross on a Friday night. Um, so I'm very impressed, um, <laughs> very impressed with your, your acting skills. And I've seen you on TV for years on the Kerry Ann Show. Let's find out a bit more about your background. So, where were you raised, and what was family life like for you? Okay, I was born in Christchurch in uh, New Zealand, the Shaky Isles. There's not a lot of it left now, unfortunately. All my yeah. family's left there, I think, amongst everyone else. Um, but, yeah, I, I grew up there. Uh, we started going to church when I was kind of young. Uh, kind, of, kind of kind of a Christian home, you could say. My mum became a Christian, and then we all had to go to church. I didn't particularly enjoy it. It was a bit of a boring church. I can say that, can't I, Matt? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. And, uh, <laughs> and it was quite boring. Uh, but, but we just kept on going. I had my first, I guess, encounter with God when I was about 11 years old. I went to something called a Youth for Christ rally, which uh, I don't know if you've heard of them, but they were big in New Zealand. And, they, you know, big flashing lights around a 1,000 kids. And they had a dude up the front speaking. And uh, then at the end of it, he said, you know, come down the front if you want to invite Jesus into your life. And I thought, oh, that's me for sure, because I could... You know, I didn't know exactly what was going on, but I felt something was going on. So I went down the front, and and then uh, he said, uh, you know, I prayed a prayer, and then he said, you know, turn around. There's going to be someone behind you who's going to give you a Bible and tell you about being a Christian. And I did that, and then 
I followed them backstage, and that's that's where it all went pear shaped. I, I met a bunch of Christians there, and and that really that's the end of the story. I, it's not that they weren't nice. Uh, Matt, they were just really dorky. <laughs> and uh, I, I thought, God, I, I really like what's happened here tonight, but if I'm going to end up like this, I'm afraid, uh, I don't know if this relationship's going to work. <laughs> so I blame them for making me backslide for 14 years, Matt. Okay, so what happened in that 14 years? How, how, how far did you slide? Uh, yeah, just chasing girls and drinking and going crazy. Do you know, but to be perfectly honest, I still kind of considered myself... Uh, a, a Christian. I mean, I um, oh, I didn't have a Bible. There was a Bible at home, and I'd flick it open now and again and read something. It, I mean, not that it really had any meaning to me, but it just meant that I, I still had some sort of connection with God. That was basically it. And then, it, honestly, it wasn't... And I had no intention of really going to church because I didn't want to be a nerd. And so it wasn't until I was about 21, and I was on this Greek island in Eos, uh, fabulous party island and I was there and uh, I was smoking a joint and drinking a couple of bottles of wine with a group of mates and um, there was this one guy and he said to me how come you wear a cross because I, I used to wear a cross you know being a Christian and uh, I'm smoking a joint and I, and I said uh, I'm a Christian <laughs> and he goes well you, you're a pretty weird Christian if you know you can't do all that and be a Christian and uh, I was thoroughly offended of course and uh, but you know it had a major negative impact on me and and uh, that night, I went. I went back to my room, took off the cross, stuffed it in the bottom of my backpack, and, and uh, basically said, "God, well, you know, if, if this is the way it is, then I guess, you know, we have to go separate ways." Because what he said was, "You, you can't do that and be a Christian." But what I heard was, "God doesn't want anything to do with you." It's funny what some person says and what you hear. You know what I mean? It's funny. I think it happens in a lot of people's lives. One person says something stupid, and it can set you on a totally different track. Yeah, in life, and and for a long time. So for the next four years of my life, that was ten years up to then. The next four years of my life, I really had nothing to do with God at all. It was a pretty, pretty ordinary place to be. While I was backpacking, I remember going into this little church in France, just an old religious church, sitting in the back of it. Nobody in there, uh, didn't talk to God. Just would sit, sit there. It was, you know, it's pretty hard to uh, connect or pursue. A God who you believe doesn't want anything to do with you. It's yeah. very, 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 very crappy place to be. And uh, so it was actually, to make a short story even longer, it was, um, yeah, about four years after that, I got back to uh, New Zealand and caught up with my brother, who's the white sheep of the family. While I um, spent all my money, chased girls, and, and was drinking like a fish, he um, paid off his house, went to Bible college, and enrolled to be a missionary. You know, you hate those people in your family, man. Yeah. It's like, they're just perfect. <laughs> Drives you nuts. So that's that's what he was doing. And he said, you should go and see this lady, Joan. Uh, my mum died when I was little, and, and she became like a, a spiritual grandmother to the family, you could say. She prayed for us all the time, especially me. I think I needed it the most. And uh, my brother said, look, this lady, Joan, you should go see her. She's uh, she's prayed for you every day for the last four years since you've been away. And I was thinking, man, it's, it's crazy. And I, to be honest, I was really nervous about going to see her because I knew her. And uh, I knew that she just prayed all day, all night for people. That's what she did. And she had a list of people, me included, on that list of people she prayed for. Uh, she was 85 years old, bony, blind in one eye, which was kind of white. And then she, you know, wiped it over because it had gone blind. And she wore these massive bifocals that was very strong on her half good eye. So uh, she had one white eye. One eye was massive. And she was 85 years old and very bony. 
And I was terrified to go see her because as far as I was concerned, she was the closest thing to God on the earth, you know. <laughs> but I did. I went around to see her. And uh, I remember walking through the door of her lounge and she's standing there in the middle of the lounge. And I'm waiting to get absolutely bollocked by her, to be honest. And uh, she's standing there and she just points me and she says, you'll preach your gospel and you're going to speak into people's lives, which was not what I expected to hear. And then she, then she said, come sit down, sit down. Because she prayed all day and never left the house, man. She had, uh, she had no social skills. So I sat down and she gave me this picture of her, of her son. And she said, pray for my son. You know, he doesn't know God. And I said, Joan, oh, I've got to stop you. You, you don't know what I've done. And uh, she's amazed. She said this thing. She said she she was smiling, but she was kind of angry. It sounded like she was shouting, but she was smiling. And she said, "I don't care what you've done." And it was weird. It was. Uh, it, I know it was her saying it, but to me, uh, it felt like God was saying it. it was like, "Man, I don't care what you've done." And it like it had wiped away the last so many years of of uh, me being so far away from God. It was a pretty crazy thing. I uh, I went back. Uh, I, I left. I left New, uh, New Zealand a few weeks later and came over to Australia, where I've, I've been for uh, a long time, fifteen years. But uh, I went back the next year to see her, and she died. And I went to see my dad, and I said, "Where's Joan?" She said she passed away, and I thought, "It's so sad. I never got to say thanks because she was the she was the catalyst for change. She was the one in the middle of the crossroads, uh, you know, who backed me when I was unbackable." You know what I mean? I love people like that who, you know, even she prayed for me for four years every day while every day of those four years I was doing everything that was contrary to what she was praying for. And then when I came back to see her, she didn't judge me or condemn me. She just said, you know, I don't care what you've done. You've got an amazing future. Mm. And uh, from then on, I've never looked back. The Bible says the prayer of a righteous person avails much. And oh, uh, when those little old ladies start praying for you, mate, look out, hey? Oh, mate, you, you are so... Because, honestly, you can run, but you can't hide it. And it was it was the most amazing thing, amazing thing. And, I, you know, it's, I guess, learning a bit more about God now. I look back and I think, man, that was the best example of the grace of God, how he backs you when you shouldn't be backed, you know, when you've done everything possible to make him mad at you. He still backs you, mm. you know? Incredible, incredible. And I, I can tell you what, it was within... I reckon three weeks I went from smoking dope in Thailand to being enrolled in, in, a, in a creative arts college in an amazing church at Oxford Falls. And, uh, and my life got radically turned around. And I don't mean I, I just joined a church. I mean, man, I, I mean, I had no idea what was in the Bible. I thought it was just the Ten Commandments over and over and over again, to be honest with you. But, uh, I mean, when, my life became powerful. I think that's a great way to put it. And people sometimes say, well, you're Christian. No, I get addicted to the power of it. I get addicted to leading a very successful uh, life. Uh, I get addicted to having breakthroughs. I, I get addicted to having great people around me. I get addicted to the presence of God. You know, it's like, how could you not want that? Mm. How could you not want that? You know, it's amazing. <laughs> and, so, uh, you know, I, some people ask me too. They say, you know, but, but, you know, like you, you don't want to be a hypocrite. You know, you're, you're smoking dope and chasing girls and drinking. You can't show up at church. Yes, you can. Just show up. Pick up, but I can't. You know, I did this. Oh, you don't know what I did last week. Show up. Oh, you don't know what I did last night. Show up. Well, I'm doing it now. Show up. Just show up, man. You, you show up. God gets inside you and, and does some amazing, amazing stuff. You can't change yourself. Just show up. And even if you just keep stuffing up, keep showing up, man. Mate, that's good. Wish- that's a good message, mate. You should be a preacher. 
Do you know, I wish, man, I wish somebody had told that to me when I was younger. I wish they'd said, Jamie, it doesn't matter, mate. I don't care if somebody calls you a hypocrite, just keep showing up. And my life would have gone a lot better a lot earlier, you know what I mean? So you then enrolled for this School of Creative Arts at uh, Christian yeah. City Church, Oxford Falls. Um, yeah. w- what did you do for your career after that course? Do you know why? I, um, I did uh, Creative Arts for one year. I majored in acting. Uh, and then the next year I did Bible College. When I left, I wanted to get into television, originally acting, but every actor I knew was starving to death. So I thought, you know what, I think I've probably got a better chance doing presenting. And th- this is the key. It's like I just wanted to be in show business, and I met a guy who was a director on Foxtel doing a couple of shows there, TV shows. And, uh, I mean, th- this is a key for younger players. You've got to go through the door that's open. So many people wait for a specific door. Take the door that's open because you go through that one, then another one opens and another one opens. So even if a door seems like a small door, just grab it and go through it. This guy that uh, came up to meet this director, he was wor- he was a director on the television shopping network, which was not something I wanted to do. But, um, man, it was an open door. And I-, I applied for the job, didn't get it. And then a couple of weeks later, they were advertising for um, people to work backstage. And I was like, man, it's an open door. I've got to take it. So I did that. Uh, I worked backstage for probably a year and a half before I had a crack uh, on air. And then within a couple of years, I was I was working on air there. And then I started doing a bit on 7 and 10. And then I signed up for Channel 9 uh, nearly 10 years ago. And I've been working with them ever since. And, you know, we're looking at a couple of different things at the moment. But it's, um, yeah, you've got to go through the open doors, man. If something opens, get through it. People get too proud. And, oh, that's not going to lead to anything. And... Man, you've got to go for it. And if somebody says, well, it doesn't pay anything, so what? Do it, do it. You, don't, you, you know, you can tell uh, producers and, and uh, directors till you're blue in the face how good you are, but you've got to get out there and show them. Once they see it, uh, they can understand it and they believe it, but telling them means nothing. They've got to be able to see it. Over the years at yeah. Kerry Ann, you've done yeah, yeah. all sorts, you've travelled the world, you've done all sorts of segments, yeah. you know, over the time. Um, yeah. Have you had an opportunity to share your Christian faith at all in, in what you do, in your interviews and your, your, your segments you do? Do you know, it's funny, um, when it comes to working in a place, and I would give this advice to anybody, when you're working in the in a place, you have got to let um, your testimony, if you like, of who you are, what God's done in your life, by your lifestyle. Yeah. By A, being absolutely fantastic at your job. Be real good at what you do, you know, and have strong character and, and build people up. Don't focus on yourself. Build people up, you know, other people. Be focused on their lives, you know, help open doors for other people. That, that... Um, will open the door to the gospel in other people's lives so much. You know, and sometimes it has taken a long time. You know, I've been, worked with a couple of people for a couple of years, sometimes five years before they've said, tell me about God. Mm. Man, I tell you, because they're, they're just sussing you, and they want to see it. They want to see the evidence, you know. And so um, so many Christians get into a place, a workplace, and they go, now I'm going to preach the gospel. And it's like, dude, everybody hates you. Mm. You're terrible at your job. Um, you show up late all the time. You're not interested in other people's lives. All you do is talk about yourself. And now you want to tell them to come to church. It's like, forget about it. I wouldn't come to your church. You're a, you're a pain in the butt. You know, it's like, you know, li- live it. Live this stuff. Love people, you know, and, and encourage and help people and be generous. Be, be super generous, you know, over-the-top generous. You know, uh, I, I love that. You know, where we had a situation, somebody borrowed, lent us an old um, uh, washing machine to wash their clothes in. 
and uh, it broke down. So rather than fix it, we bought them a new washing machine and gave it back to them, gave them a brand new back to them, and it spoke so much to these guys. Yeah. Like, because it was over-the-top abundance in their life that they'd never seen before. That That is powerful. That is powerful. So in that respect, absolutely. And if people ask me, I will totally tell them about I'll tell them about God, but I always am careful to refer it to their life. Not, you know, some people talk about, yeah, the guy 2,000 years ago died in a cross, and they go, but what does that mean for me? You've got to apply it to people's lives. Jesus always met people at their point of need, and that's what you've got to do. It's very, very important. As far as talking to stars, to answer your question, as far as talking to stars, I was talking to Russell Brand, interviewed him a wee while ago. He's um, married to Katy Perry, and, and I said to him, uh, I said, are oh, you I said, I married a pastor's daughter. And he said, oh, yeah, me too. And he said, how do you find it? And I said, oh, it's good. And I said, you probably end up going to church. He said, oh, you never know. So yeah, in that respect, again, you've got to talk about their lives yeah. and connect with them. So, yeah, it does come up now and again. I'm supposed to be interviewing Bear Grylls in a couple of weeks. So cool. I'll talk to him a bit about, uh, you know, he heads up the way well, the face of the Alpha course, I guess, worldwide at the moment. Yeah. So I'll chat to him about that. And uh, you've got to be careful, though. You, you do it little bits. Slowly, slowly, catchy monkey. <laughs> slowly, slowly, catchy monkey. I've never heard that, but I shall use it continually now, Matt. <laughs> Good, mate. I shall, I'll use it out of context. Even. I don't know what that'll mean. Okay, mate. And now uh, you've yeah, um, you've authored a book as well. Tell us about that. Yeah, it's good. It's, uh, it's called Your Time Is Now. Your Time Is Now. Dream Again, Live Again. And uh, I find there are a lot of people whose prayer life has died or their enthusiasm for life has died and their boldness and their courage has died and it's mainly due to them letting go of a dream or letting go of something that they were known they were born to do and i'm i'm a big believer in the fact that uh if the devil can stop you desiring something he can stop you praying and therefore if he stops you praying he stops your future happening uh so uh this book is all about spring you up to dream again dream bigger than before to get through the disappointment get through the anger get through the fear of losing a dream and go stuff it. You know, it's too late. I've already seen this thing in my mind's eye. I know I've got a gift that's connected with this type of future. I can't quite put my finger on it, but I've got to have a crack at it. And and I feel like that. My wife says to me sometimes, she says, can we lead a normal life? And I say, it's, it's too late, honey. I've already seen this thing. We, we have to go for it. Because if I don't, I'm going to probably go crazy. Uh, so um, that's what it's about. You know, it's got chapters talking about the power of of, of confession. I'm a massive believer in that uh, chapter talking about how important your gift is. I don't believe a dream is just some sort of ethereal thought. I believe it's when the gift inside of you gets a glimpse of what it could produce. I think your dream is connected more to your gift than it is to your mind. And I think once you uh, understand that, stir up that gift within you, then uh, the dream becomes a lot clearer. So uh, that's what it's about, mate. It's um, yeah, it's a cracking book. It's, uh, you can get it in Kurong. Okay, fantastic. We'll have yeah, a look it up. It we'll have a link yeah, to it yeah. from the uh, History Makers website. Now, before we go, um, one thing I yeah. always like to ask our guests is, uh, you know, for people who are listening who aren't Christians, yeah. who might want to yeah. know what do they need to do to become a Christian, would you speak to those listeners? Well, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, first of all, I mean, if you've, you've heard me talking this morning, you're thinking, well, what's the first step? First step is asking the Lord into your life. And, you know, it's, it's, you might go, well, that's too easy. Well, it wasn't actually easy. You know, Jesus died on the cross. So he, it was hard, but he made it easy for you. So he did the tough stuff. 
So you're in a time of grace now where really all you need to do is to walk up to God and say, hey, I want you in my life. I believe that what Jesus did paid the price so I can have a relationship with you. And without a shadow of a doubt, you can pray that right now and say, Jesus, come into my life. You know, God, I, I want you to fill my life and I want the future that you've got for me. You know, I keep trying and things aren't working. I want the future that you've got for me, God. And you can get into the plan that the Creator has for you, which is an amazing thing. And it's as simple as praying that this morning. That's all you have to do. Just pray, Jesus, come into my life. Change me. Make me new. I want the plan you've got for my life. And I tell you what, He will. And He'll do it right now. And the second thing you've got to do is get into an absolutely cracking church. Don't go to a boring one. You'll drive yourself potty. If you want a boring one, by all means, do it. But it, it, get into a great church. I mean, I'm sure you can contact Matt there at the radio station and uh, he'll steer in the right direction. But get in a great church where the people are fantastic and they love you to death and, you know, you just get built up, you get strong. And, and uh, be warned, though. I tell you what, you get God in your life and you're on an adventure, man. You know, he doesn't let you just sit around. He'll be like, how about this? How about this? And he starts, you know, challenging you and getting you to do all sorts of great stuff. But you, you become alive. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. It, it's an adventure. It's exciting. And then you'll, you'll realize, oh, wow, I was dead before. Now I feel like I'm alive. So that's what I would say, Matt. Mate, that is good news. If people want to respond to that and uh, maybe even find out more about you, what's the best website for them to go to? Our website for me is jamiemalcolm.com.au, J-A-M-I-E-M-A-L-C-O-L-M, jamiemalcolm.com.au. There's a link to my book on there. Uh, There's also an email address on there, info at jamiemalcolm.com.au, and you can contact me through there and drop me an email if you fancy. So, um, yeah, easy, man. But um, that sounds great. Well, Jamie, so good to connect with you today, mate. Yeah, you too, Matt. Great to talk to you, buddy. Look right. at that. Two, go- two guys from Oxford Falls doing, <laughs> doing Bible College and Creative Art. And look at that. <laughs> I reckon you're a history maker, mate. Thanks for joining us. Hey, pleasure, mate. God bless you, mate. If you'd like to download this interview, just go to www.historymakersradio.com. And also, you can make a donation if you'd like. I'm Matt Prater. Have a great week. History Makers.